0: Systematic. Systematic. Recorded in Humboldt Park, Chicago. Systematic podcast. Hosted by twin it's sisters. By twin sister. It's a magic podcast. Alexis and Samantha. and Samantha. Just in case you're friends. And. Systematic podcast. Hey, welcome back to Systematic Podcast. The show about politics, pop culture, and sisterhood. sisterhood. Per usual, it's your girls here. I'm Sam. And I'm Alexis. And this is Season 3, Episode 5 um we're we're moving along here um it's october it's domestic violence awareness month Mm -hmm. and um, that's basically the overarching theme for this episode we have two really inspiring guests melanie hernandez and sarah Sarah taylor that we're gonna um, get to that conversation in the second half But yeah, I think it was a really great, really important conversation. I know we did an episode earlier this year on... um sexual assault awareness and i just want to say those are these are two very different things they might sound similar to some people but um super different and that's a good point yeah uh, i think it's a it's a really vulnerable conversation and i'm really grateful uh for these women sitting down with us and i hope um anyone listening can learn something or take something away from the conversation mm-hmm. but first uh let's get into some current events right Mm mm-hmm so do you want to get started with some uh, politics political current events I know there's been a lot happening in Chicago lately yeah yeah there's been a lot happening in Chicago and then there's been a lot happening all across the country as well I guess I'll start with Chicago with the city's vaccine mandate on city employees Uh, so the mayor and the city set a deadline for this month where all city employees had to essentially, um, report their vaccine status, vaccination status for COVID-19 and, or yeah, if they didn't want to get the vaccine for whatever reason, they need to get tested like twice a week on their own time yeah and that's kind of only a, that was only like a temporary kind of like um option. like a transition option. yeah a transition option for those who weren't vaccinated by the deadline but yeah so that deadline has recently um came and went and um surprise surprise the chicago police department is the least vaccinated department in out of all city departments mm-hmm. um it's the only city department out of 35 departments that had lower than 80% vaccination rate among its employees mm-hmm. um most of the city departments had either over 90% vaccination status or 100% vaccination status uh among the employees so um Getting vaccinated was not an issue for the vast majority of city workers mm-hmm. um but yeah uh you know cpd thinks that they're above the law right um and it's crazy too because they interact so much with the public right their motto is you know allegedly to what is it protect and serve quote end quote quote end quote um and they can't even do the basic protection in most scenarios of wearing a face mask right um, yeah or social distancing properly um let alone getting a vaccine that the majority of other city workers has been able to do um, yeah without an issue right And I mean, we have been pretty um, vocal about our take on the vaccines uh, since the beginning. I mean, our take is that every Scientific fact. Yeah. Uh, Vaccines are safe. Right. Period. And the COVID vaccine is an especially effective vaccine in comparison to the history of vaccines mm-hmm yeah it's just uh yeah it's pretty wild um how many people um are still not here for it uh, especially because the data has so clearly shown how effective uh they are at, at working and and the progress that we have made this far because of vaccinations is, is apparent i mean it's not that wild like 70 percent of the population of chicago is vaccinated that's like the majority of people who live in the city um or that's at least how many people who have received one dose um so yeah the vast majority of people are aligning themselves with science and what is like in line with the public good in order for us to get out of this pandemic in order to protect vulnerable populations and just like stop this virus from mutating it's really the. O- i mean it's the only way right so um so the police yeah so the police union specifically is uh, fighting the city's mandate good luck with that and the union president was encouraging police officers who are paid by taxpayer dollars to refuse to report their vaccination status um which could have if it was effective led to a significant number of officers being put on no pay status or not showing up to work at some point being fired i mean this is just it's just reckless and irresponsible on behalf of the police union and the police officers Who have been encouraging these antics um and refusing to take this public health measure on the other hand it's kind of like just a organic way to defund the police if we were to let go of a bunch of officers that were not you know prepared to uphold public safety this kind of um battle is kind of still going on but but for the most part all officers are now complying with at least saying what their status is yeah for the most part they're still trying to sue the city but it's probably not going to go very far so basically CPD just being cpd doing whatever they want and not caring how it impacts our communities got it was there another political topic that you wanted to cover Yeah, I think this story actually kind of relates to another story I wanted to touch on just briefly. Uh, But in 2021, we're seeing a huge increase in the amount of organizing of labor unions across the country. In October this past month, we've seen a record number of strikes take place across various industries across the country. Mm -hmm. Everyone from... Uh, nurses and hospital employees to like uh, manufacturers and laborers uh tv film crews yeah like hollywood film crews um have been on strike or threatening to strike and this is really like an important moment i think like i want to talk about it because i think a lot of like younger people and younger generations like don't have like that strong of opinions or like um grasp of the history of labor unions Mm -hmm. and labor organizing in this country like the past few decades which is like the majority of most of our life life, if you're like you know under 40 um has been we've seen a, a decline in the power Um, and activity of labor unions across the country Mm -hmm. Um, basically corporations have been winning like that's why the one percent is just getting wealthier and wealthier um while our wages are stagnant and um you know minority households are not seeing large increases in our medium wealth. median wealth so um yeah 2021 with the pandemic we're seeing like power being given back to the people essentially through labor unions and organizing mm-hmm. um because of how much um how much people put on the line during the pandemic so many people were essential workers and now they're seeing the companies that they work for making record profits we're seeing the first man um in history to become a worth a trillion dollars that's elon musk, musk. um and workers who put their life on the line to keep the country running during a pandemic are saying, "Hey, we know we have power here. We deserve more, um, and we know that you know it's harder to replace us now with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is really important mo- uh, moment for people and um, organizations and unions to really advocate for what they need for right livable wages, um, for better working conditions. Yes." and i think it's important that um we like you know destigmatize um the idea of uh, becoming part of a union or unionizing workplaces mm-hmm. and um that we support like people who are on strike now and going to be on strike as this kind of labor movement uh and this moment continues to grow yeah i think that that is a really um interesting observation and i think um i think you're right that a lot of people like our age are not like super informed on unions um and how they work so i think that's a really important thing to talk about uh because there is power um in numbers when people come together to uh, demand better for themselves so more power to the people i hope that we continue to see an increase in workers rights and eat the rich yeah, so that was all I wanted to cover for politics for this episode. Did you want to talk about pop culture topics? Yeah, for sure. So one topic I wanted to get into is um, this story around J Balvin and his new video that came out called Perra. Uh, perra is a dog in Spanish, if you are unfamiliar. and yeah it's a collaborative song with a dominican uh rapper female artist whose name i'm not super familiar with her and i think this is how you pronounce it but her name is tokisha and uh if i'm wrong someone let me know but yeah they came out with this song it's called dog essentially it's a reggaeton song you know dance song and the video came out and it was shot in the dominican republic and basically depicts jay balvin walking to black women dominican women on leashes like on all fours among some other kind of like derogatory imagery uh the female artist herself is in a cage as well and yeah he just got terrible yeah he got so much backlash um this past week or so about it and um since then he's like came out and like made a statement they took the video down um but yeah it takes the whole song down yeah i mean did did it sound catchy or aside from the content i haven't listened to it uh yeah it sounded kind of catchy um i mean yeah i don't know it's difficult i'm not here for like censoring like music or or whatever uh you know there's so much like fucking hip-hop and i mean i didn't mean like literally take it down but i just meant like that sounds like a terrible concept for a song i mean i mean talk about like you know yeah hip-hop or um you know reggaeton being misogynistic you're literally just making a song where you refer to women as dogs like yeah exactly so yeah he's been getting dragged for uh, misogyny uh for racism especially because the black the women on leashes were black so like the visual of him just being like a white latino too and walking these two like black women on the ground is just like misogynoir yeah it's horrible um and crazy that like so many people involved in the production were like yeah this this looks good like yeah that's that's chill let's put this out yeah it's really gross um and j balvin has made comments before uh related to like black women i i believe he made comments about rihanna saying that she was like not the type of woman you would like bring home to your mom or something and it's like first of all first of all rihanna you wish you brought rihanna home to your mom okay anyway right? but yeah just uh you know kind of like con- is building on um this kind of pattern that you we're seeing with him and you know i want i don't want to like believe that he is like a racist person or is doing it like super intentionally or hatefully but I think it kind of speaks to like the broader just like anti-blackness that's so ingrained in so many Latin countries Mm -hmm. and in in Fregaton itself um right I mean yeah it's pretty much just kind of straight up racist to yeah feature um black and brown women like in a music video like that uh, and think that that's okay um but yeah hopefully like he can be educated through this process and like develop an anti-racist understanding yeah i mean it's kind of strange the woman the, the female artist tokisha she um kind of like gave some like pushback she's apologized as well but like seemed like she was kind of defending the choices saying like you know the video is supposed to be like conceptual um so there's that but yeah hopefully this is a learning lesson whatever the fuck that means right exactly um Yeah, I'm not here for perpetuating imagery of women in derogatory ways. You know, we've seen that so much in the history of hip-hop and reggaeton. And it's like 2021. Can we we just, like, at least avoid the fucking obvious, like, misogynistic images? Comparing women to animals. I mean, women being on all fours. Like, yeah, maybe, like, can we start there at least? Minimum yeah well also too i mean something i don't know if we have talked about this before on the podcast but just how reggaeton reggaeton and like the spanish music genre which has been like you know growing and increasing so much over the past like few years um and is like increasingly you know super mainstream is all dominated by white latinos white latinx people largely male artists Right, but, and it's, like, yeah, it's it's difficult, obviously, because, like, I fucking love Bad Bunny, but, yeah, like, him, J Balvin, Rosalia, like, all of these, like, the main faces of, like, Spanish music right now are not representative of what Latin culture actually looks like. Well, I mean, like, the diaspora as a whole is so much more diverse yeah um I mean, like latin culture isn't really like a singular or a universal thing but... no but like each of these countries themselves are so diverse like mexico cuba colombia puerto rico um my point is just yeah that all of these white latinos are yeah not even coming close to representing um how diverse these cultures are yeah it's just yeah another um testament to the fact that we need more representation um as the genre continues to grow and influence yeah definitely another thing that i heard people talking about um was actually that it's like we shouldn't refer to it as a genre like spanish music isn't a genre because people can make spanish music true as like and it can be rock, rock yeah, or like whatever and alternative vrmb whatever yeah, um and people like often like yeah lump like Spanish music in like it's it is one genre like it's just like club dance music or something yeah no, you're right yeah so there's that um yeah hopefully um just like do better <laughs> literally just do better shaking my head right well I have one more story that you'll probably also be shaking your head at um really quickly before we get into our guest interview for this episode I just wanted to talk about another example of high fashion culturally appropriating black and brown culture for profit um this happened like a few weeks ago but I just, I think it's really important. And we've kind of discussed this before on the podcast. I think um, it's not new fashion, like high-end luxury fashion houses um, taking style and aesthetics from black and brown communities. Um, but yeah, in this case, Balenciaga made this pair of pants with like boxer shorts sewn in to the top. So it looks like you're sagging your pants. And yeah, they're like almost $1,200 pants. And it's pretty obvious, you know, black and brown men have been discriminated against um, and incarcerated, essentially. I mean, sometimes you could literally just be walking and sagging your pants and that would be a reason to a reason to be harassed, arrested. Yeah, like searched. Sure. Um, Yeah. So I don't even think that I really need to get that much more into it. Um, It's just uh you know gross how these luxury fashion houses uh profit off of uh the struggles of black brown and indigenous communities yeah i mean it's just generally not cool to try to profit off of something that people who look like you have historically and systemically weaponized against people who don't look like you and who are more marginalized than you so maybe just don't do that period i think it's pretty straightforward so that was it so we're going to switch gears now and get into our featured interview as we mentioned earlier our conversation this month is about domestic violence awareness and prevention we sat down with two amazing advocates and we think it's a super important conversation but we do want to emphasize that heads up um, that we do get into detail about domestic violence. So um, overall, just let us know your feedback and we hope that y'all get something out of the
1: conversation.
0: I see only red flags red flags, Hard to take a step back step. sitting down with us and i'm really really excited about our conversation today Uh, alexis did you want to do an intro yeah um we can start off by saying of course it's domestic violence awareness month um in october and this is such an important issue that affects so many people's lives like across gender and race and socioeconomic status but um it definitely disproportionately impacts people from more marginalized backgrounds Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. um as survivors ourselves Mm -hmm. we're really excited to sit down with you and like hear all of your thoughts on this issue and sam you should introduce our beautiful guests (laughs) yes so we are sitting here with melanie hernandez Mm -hmm. and sarah taylor right um you guys both do very uh, kind of like similar, like related things, but also very different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, both uh, work around
2: the topic of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Domestic For violence sure. advocacy.
0: Yes. Um, okay, let's start with Sarah. Yes, ma'am. You started an organization called Soy Ella, which means I am her That's in right. Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, you launched in 2012. You are first generation Panamanian. Right? So. First generation um,
2: American penamanian is my culture my background that's where she's born here yes mm-hmm. thank you for clarifying
0: um you're from the south side is that true always so i die yes so I i'm sorry my cat oh my god yeah, she got a real comfy okay. <laughs> she just jumped up um yeah you also um, advocate for um, immigration Mm-hmm. policies right mm-hmm. and you're a longtime public servant mm-hmm. and mental health yeah
2: because mental health and all that work you do it all intertwines each other you know they all overlap yeah. super related mm-hmm. um yeah what else you are a mother i'm right? <gasps> oh, yeah, so a baby boy named barack but I, his name is barack i got barack yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: is there anything else to, i don't know those people should know
2: I do know I work for my nine to five let's say right is immigration work you know I do a lot of work that's related to the border crisis that's going on right now I've been doing that for seven years my wife um, and an awesome friend and mentor and a lot of other things but yes, I'm not gonna take up you too much of your time no, no we're I'll, here to talk I'll about nice. you I'll be nice but um
0: but yeah. just a dynamic woman
2: <laughs> powerhouse. That's you. we try I'm trying I'm trying and
0: you. Melanie, you are the creator of a project called We Protect Women on This Side, mm-hmm. right? right? It's a collection of like empowering clothing, right? Um, I really like it. Just by the way, whenever you restock, I'm trying to cop. <laughs> <Yeah>, Is <I'm
2: laughs> it? A- <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, empowering campaign. I love it. It's definitely
1: been a crazier with that. Um, I didn't expect it to. You know, it was just something that when I think about like clothes and things we like to wear and stuff, it's just like sometimes I've always been somebody who wears things that say something. Yeah. Or like if Mm -hmm. I go somewhere, it catches somebody's attention. Like what's that mean? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, or if they don't agree with it, you know, whatever. But, Mm -hmm. um, it was more about like how I really don't see anything that talks about like us, Mm -hmm. you know, things for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and something also that men can get behind, you know, um, and it just kind of, it kind of rolled from there. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, my initial work is in DV advocacy. Yes. So the, uh, the We Protect Women was just kind of like, I w- it was unexpected. A really. side project yeah. that's Taking off. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's awesome. How long have you been doing that?
1: Uh, the DV advocacy? I guess both. So the okay. DV advocacy um, is going on four years. Amazing. And then uh, We Protect Women, is it hasn't even been a year yet. Oh, yeah. amazing, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so,
0: Incredible. You're also a Boricua. I am. 100% yes. Boricua, mm-hmm.
1: yes. uh, American I yes. Was born here.
0: And you're also from Chicago? Yep. Do you mm-hmm. have a what, what neighborhood do you
1: rap? Okay. Uh Humboldt Park, Logan Square. Yes. Yeah. I was raised. <laughs> I was raised um in the Logan Square area and then you know I was always at my grandmother's house and she's Humboldt Park, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're also a mother. I am. I have yes. two children. <laughs>
1: my son caleb and my daughter symphony mm. so love that yeah. children. amazing
0: anything else anything else that people should know
1: um <laughs> yeah just kind of out here just trying to do my life's work you know that's what it feels mm-hmm. like um mm-hmm also a great friend to her she she left that
0: out um yeah that was a question question i had for sure was how you guys know each other yeah it was
1: through instagram right Mm -hmm. i think it was through years ago yeah and she kind of like came out of nowhere and i was like you
2: did too yeah i was like wait a minute i was
1: like this is awesome like i don't know it's it's kind of like a a A weird connection it's it's not often that i Mm -mm. meet women that i can really like connect with mm-hmm, in like mm-hmm. the same age bracket doing the same thing totally so that was that was like an aha like you know moment when I met her mm-hmm. um and then realizing that she's like she's awesome so mm-hmm. it's like you know um her family's great like her sister and then the people she works with are like family so mm-hmm. we all kind of just we like, love on each other right mm-hmm. like there's a lot of love
2: there I love that That's beautiful beautiful. And the fact that we are Latinas I was gonna say that uh, that too That was the Anecdote right there I looked at another woman That looks like me In the space Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I can connect with That was like And in Chicago
1: Right I didn't know that I actually didn't know That existed like I knew there were Afro-Latinas, but I didn't. I never met one who was just doing the same, same work, and that to me was like, ooh, like, there's more of us, right? Yeah. You know. So it was, it was a big deal. Yeah. Here. Mm-hmm.
0: That's incredible. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Yeah. We Sam and I met you both recently, mm-hmm. which was very lucky and fortunate. Um, and yeah, we were like, wow, they're best friends, and you guys both <laughs> do such um, inspiring work, and that's like what stunning yeah (laughs) both stunning and
2: yeah that's like (laughs) really
0: like a lot of like what this pro our project is about like trying to highlight like not only like issues Mm -hmm. but also like how important it is for women Mm -hmm. to like connect Mm -hmm. and support each other like it can be hard to find um Mm women that you connect with and like especially we we live in like a patriarchal world right so Mm -hmm. women are often like pit against each other oh yeah um and so it's kind of like
1: radical to like embrace that sisterhood and i think i want to like yeah i think i like one of her events um I said that like on the mic that I was kind of like oh, you know the anniversary of yeah, life. like I said like you know when we call these things like women empowerment um you know events or things like that like like really really be that though yeah you mm-hmm. know like it's not about like well this person has more issues than I do or this person like we're all women trying to figure it out and like we have to remember to like keep that together you know because there are going to be people who try to like pit us against Mm -hmm. each other and stuff like that so for
2: sure yeah, and you don't know what anyone's going through, especially with these women empowerment events, there can be a lot of mean girls yeah. <laughs> at the event, that's, I, that's, 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 I'm what, that's what we're talking about, yeah. okay, so we don't know what a lot of people are going through, especially online too, because like the Drake thing, no new friends, mm-hmm. I had to really <laughs> put that aside and make new friends and, you know, like, no, I can make new friends online, I can make healthy relationships online and people in the same space, and those brunches and those events that we were talking about, how we really, really gelled and connected, mm-hmm. but, um, I always say that, you know, it's, it's important for us to just be in those spaces and treat women, like you said, not pit us, even, pit us against one another, because you may not be going through what I'm going through or what she's going through is mm-hmm. yet. I always have to put that yet. word. Yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my man is good. Yet. Give it about 10 years. Oh my, yet right. oh, my. This is going on. My go- Oh, this is going good in my job. You never know. You never know when is your time. Right. And I had to realize that and it will humble you real quickly. So working in the space of women, doing this work for 2012, like you stated, Sam, Mm -hmm. um, I learned to humble myself quickly because I was in those years the transitions with marriage and childhood Mm -hmm. and being a mom and whatnot. I was like, ooh, ooh, I'm experiencing some of these issues that these women are experiencing. Mm -hmm. I thought I started off with a good empowering, you know, woman. I have all these, I have no, I'm unscathed. I don't have these issues that women are going through start Happening, I'm like, yeah. okay, let me humble myself real quick. Yeah. So, I yeah. encourage like, women to do you. that. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, humble yourself. Sure. Sure. Sit down, can humble yourself.
0: Can we talk a little bit about your organization mm. and like what, like, give like I don't know, like a little background okay. or
2: overview, right? Of like, what yeah. you do. So, um, as I stated earlier, Yosalia um, um, is the a nonprofit organization based in Chicago It's a support system not just an organization women to get together and powwow and you know cheer on each other on and just talk about irrelevant things but mm-hmm. you know or just waste each other time no we support each other and not just centered on domestic violence but specifically centered on um, the daily life challenges I mm-hmm. really really want to emphasize that because not everyone is experiencing domestic violence but there are other challenges that women experiencing that might lead up to mm-hmm. possibly domestic violence possibly you know, mental health issues and whatnot. So we've been doing that since 2012. We do it in the form of um, support groups, support circles, um, Mm -hmm. workshops, even virtually sometimes. Or, and I also, we also have some Yosuya members who do individual therapy and counseling. So if Amazing. the group is not right, if the group is not working out for you, you're like, eh, I want to speak on something a little bit more private. We also have that avenue for women and we do a lot of um, collaboration mm-hmm. over competition, right? right? So we collaborate with a lot of women doing similar work. Yeah. Of course, we don't just collaborate with anybody, you know, mm-hmm. because this is sensitive work, you know, if we're dealing mm-hmm. with real life issues, real life women, real life hearts and you know, the work to go on, yes. but we collaborate with a lot of groups and that's actually ha- that has been helping us lead this work and like you said amplify this work Mm -hmm. you're saying that amplifies this work of um being a, 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 I call it the um, the guidance committee, you know, the healing committee, mm. the village, you know, mm-hmm. however you want to say that, because we know you can't do it by yourself. Women can't do life by themselves. Women need women. So that's where we're at today. Facts.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, that's amazing that you provide those services. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's completely free. Completely yeah. free. And we haven't had any significant backing or government funding and whatnot. Everything we do is from private donations, people wow. who don't even know what mm-hmm. we do. We get some, you know, different, um, um, what do you call it? Like Instagram, you know, pages, what now they will like, you know, donate money here and there, but significant grants, we have yet to receive that, but that hasn't stopped us. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, Mm -hmm. that's incredible. Um, can you both, we can start with Melanie talk about like how you got into like domestic violence, like advocacy, uh, like awareness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Prevention. Like what? Yeah. What brought you to this cause?
1: Um, for me personally, it was um, my own personal battles with domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a very abusive relationship, and I lived in a DV shelter for four months. Um, my son at the time, he was two, and I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. So I fought it tooth and nail. I remember fighting it, not wanting to be there. You know, I have family. Why am I here? And but it. I really had nothing at that time and I feel like I, uh, that was my rock bottom and really realizing like this is probably the only way I'm really going to get out is if I surround myself with people who are telling me daily that like that's not what I deserve, you know. And I really wasn't going to get that from family. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I went I was surrounded by all of these selfless women that I really didn't even know like something like that existed at the time. Um, and I wasn't very religious, but it was, there were nuns there Mm -hmm. and they were extremely selfless. Um, you know, my advocate who helped me, she wasn't a nun, but she, you know, she worked there and she was very selfless and it just kind of, um, it became a constant thought process afterwards. Like I have, like, I have to do, I have to do this work. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously I needed to work, you know, several other jobs just to get by and things like that. But I always knew that like, this was what I wanted to do. Um, so it started from my own experiences. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had a family friend who started a nonprofit called Stage, And um, that stands for Saving Adolescent Goes Everywhere. And she knew that that's what I wanted to do. And she was the first one to give me the opportunity. Like, your work with DV can start here, you know? Mm-hmm. So I started with them and uh worked with them for a little while and then i just started doing it on my own using my platform to spread awareness um you know speaking in different places on domestic violence um and it just it just kind of went from there like just really using my platform for that um also trying to simplify the message a little bit because sometimes things can come become too overwhelming when we're talking about um domestic violence like if i think about a girl who's going through abuse and she's sitting at home and she's just on her phone you know sometimes the verbiage we use and things like that it people can get lost in that so Mm -hmm. thinking about like younger people who are listening to the message um and how we speak about it so my videos kind of go they're they're a little more simple so that it's more of a simple message more accessible right and um that started to work and that started to you know I started getting messages from around the world, different women who needed a resource. And that became a thing where I was like finding resources for other states or countries or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, yeah, I feel like if you just open that window, like I tell her that all the time, you open the door, you open the window, like people come in because like they wanna talk about it. They're going through something and it's like, oh wait, this person's like okay with me talking about it. Let me, mm-hmm. let me reach out, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah that's all I really wanted to do was to make it less stigmatized Mm -hmm. to speak up about your problems especially as women like we're so closed off about certain things our pride and you know it was just a big deal for me to like let somebody know like listen I like I like doing my nails and my hair and I like all that stuff but like there's life is crazy and I go through hella issues you know and like sure people don't even think that i went through dv you know and it's like you don't have to look a certain way or right Mm. to go through it you don't have to have a certain job or not have a job you don't have to be poor to go through it you Mm -hmm. know so it's like um just breaking those stigmas really yeah
0: thank you so much for Mm -hmm. yeah sharing a a little of your story um and that is yeah really powerful um what you have been able to like grow and like uh, accomplish like since then um it's super inspiring mm-hmm. um and yeah i agree that like you're talking about destigmatizing mm-hmm. um these conversations so important i mean yeah that's like what we're trying to do here mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and, like the the shame and like embarrassment that like right. d- um survivors like feel we had a friend that had a vict- uh, situation a few days ago um where yeah her like ex-boyfriend like broke into her apartment it was just like crazy and i was talking to her like the next day and she was just like saying how embarrassed she is and I'm like girl you did nothing like and that's normal like for you to feel that way because you
1: start you know you start carrying their feelings you're embarrassed for him you know and the fact that he did all that and then you and you had to reach out because it was such a crazy situation so we feel the shame we carry that and it's like you're right, and it's good that you told her that because mm-hmm. sometimes that's really what's needed is a reminder that it's like, it's not you. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know? Or you can have an uh, image, pride. Act like you well have up. it all together, mm-hmm. right. but you're getting your butt kicked mm-hmm. behind closed doors. So that pride, that guard, that shield goes down, you're like, oh, people are gonna know I have some complex issues that I need processing in my household or in, right. in whatever that looks and like. And that shame kicks in. Okay, yeah. okay
0: um yeah no that's uh yeah a really
2: normal part of it
0: and um yeah i'm really grateful for both of you uh, uh you doing that work like every day to like break down these stigmas um did you want to give a little yeah. background oh.
2: um so i started this well how i came about this path with uh sharing my story and starting dv advocacy came with my personal experience with dv um i always i don't like to hide it i don't like to hide the truth because i i want to make sure i this work is impacting and reaching. So I grew up in a household where DV was prevalent. I think Melanie, we talked about that too. we yeah, so, did as well. So let, we, let's keep it real It started somewhere mm-hmm. in our upbringing where these behaviors became a normalized experience and unfortunately generational traumas um, didn't start with us, mm-hmm. it didn't stop with us. We ended up taking in that issue and those traumas and I got myself involved in a relationship with someone for three years in which DV was prevalent um, in many forms. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> And like Melly was saying, is uh, not a respectable person. I had it all together, I had education, I had a job, I had a career, I had a great home, I had a family, everything, but it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the pride issue, and I dealt with it for so long because I didn't know how to tell someone that this so-called girl that had it all together was experiencing this. So I think I had the resources, that's the thing. I had the resources but i just couldn't put my guard down and let someone know what was happening mm-hmm. so eventually during that situation like my rock bottom um, um similar to melanie was um, landing in the hospital i was landing I'm like i can't continue being here i was knocked unconscious this is second this is the second time i'm like i can't continue doing this mm-hmm. i might not survive he might go a little too far or i might let me just keep it real within a dv situation, you're hitting back you're fighting okay i might Agitate my abuser at that time a little too far, and he might go a little further, and I might not be here today. Mm-hmm. So that's when I knew that this is rock this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Of course, everything was dangerous. But this is extremely dangerous with what, what I was in. So I knew I had to escape. So um, I eventually got out of the relationship for three years later. And then during that time, I needed help because if the traumas were there, the reliving, the, okay. the, the nightmares, and the tremors, and everything that was happening. Me wanting to go back and rescue him and, and seeing he's okay and just maybe trying to reach back for an apology. Something, I just, it was, it's weird. It's a weird explanation, but I was trying mm-hmm. to navigate that space through healing, even either it was through finding other women, but keeping on hush-hush, that was me. I was using like, hey, I know someone that was getting abused. What would you do if you were her? Mm-hmm. Without telling me it was me. I was doing this game. I was playing this game and trying to navigate resources and it wasn't working. I wasn't healing. I ended up getting in more relationships, the same crap, you know, different levels of abuse. I'm like, you know what? If I can't find something that works for me, I have to create a space where there's a void and that's what Yosui was created I wrote Yosui out I wrote everything that I needed I feel like this is what women are going to need that sounds like me look like me and have the same experiences like me and that's exactly how the journey began and as soon as I started putting the message out making a website and putting it on Instagram and Facebook and talking to my small circle they're like Sarah you have something women were flocking in our workshops coming our way Mm -hmm. and I knew I had something and that's how she became who she is today and she's still reaching today and connecting today so. so Better. Right. You better say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's such an important
0: story. I feel like mm-hmm. <clears throat> parts of it also highlight, like, just like, yeah, like survivors have to, like, internalize so many of these yes. things, like the shame or guilt. Um, and you wouldn't have to if it was, like, destigmatized to, mm-hmm. like, right. experience these right. things. Like, you could do everything right, but if someone wants to, like, abuse their power and they can, they will. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's really important I mean the reality is that we do have to like still live with this like stigma right now so it's so important for women to have other women that they can go to
2: and you made a very good point Lex, it, Lex, it's to destigmatize these, um, the issue with DV but also to create and reframe and normalize conversations I said everything starts with a conversation if we can have one woman like you two mm-hmm. having this podcast in this space talk about DV in like this format candidly right. without a just just talk it out and with women i mean with like us us brave survivors just talk it out without feeling the shame and not letting people know like oh should you know or even afraid of their abusers might watch this something like that or their siblings because i'm I'm not gonna go deeply. So I'm gonna, um, no, okay, like, I'm like so, okay, okay. so you're not alone. Like, okay, oh shoot. So we have some guards that come along with this work, but it's just that we don't, it's, it, I think when I, when I start speaking, it doesn't yeah. stop me. Mm-hmm. So it, if we can normalize more of these conversations for modern day women um, and of course their family and their, you know, their generations, I think it would be a lot better space, a place, I'm sorry, for women to feel a little bit more worth and not feel like they have to endure or keep in that relationship or feel like they have to save him and save themselves.
1: It's also just like, I'm at the point and I think it's because, you know, I'm in my 30s and I'm just kind of like (laughs) I'm I'm really at the point where they, 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 you know, they used to tell me like when you get to your 30s and your 40s, it's more like, I don't give a fuck, you know? And I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, but now I really feel it. And it's just, I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. to the point, I'm to the point where I'm like, if you didn't, if you don't want us talking about you, you should have behaved better. Right. Mm. I'm I'm sorry. I don't have to hide my story Say the that. way any other person doesn't have to hide their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're, if you know it's about you and I'm not saying any names or nothing, mm-hmm. it's probably because you know, you should have behaved better. Okay. Yeah don't okay. go through this life treating people like crap mm-hmm. and then expecting them not to tell their story okay. right um so facts it, especially know. if their
2: story is part of their healing and part of their savership like i have right. this is what i need for me it exactly. may not too bad too bad too sad
1: and we also don't like when we're talking about like <laughs> women with the shame and the stigmas we also don't give like our, we don't talk about like our brains we don't we're not giving mm. ourselves the y- Like your brain, the nervous system, you know, went through trauma and you're experiencing things because of that. And Mm -hmm. we just think of ourselves as being like weak and like, uh, oh, my God, I don't want to talk about this. I'm feeling this fear, but I don't want anybody to know like that's actually normal. Mm -hmm. Your brain is doing what it's supposed to do in, in response to your trauma. That's right. Right and you should be talking about that That's Right. because there's so many other people going through that yes. so it's like what you feel is a, is like something you need to be hush-hush about mm-hmm. it's like it's so normal
0: mm-hmm. yeah you know
1: mm-hmm. um and very yeah right. very common like it's like <laughs> so pre- prevalent exactly. like yeah.
0: most women i know have like some type of like experience or like mm-hmm. encounter um at different levels for sure but um were you gonna say something else um no i, it I looked saying. like you were gonna say something they
1: have like ptsd um <laughs> it, it's becoming less destigmatized but ptsd for so long was like a like a soldier's illness oh my god you know? the when war really, veterans yeah like when it's mm-hmm. really like if you go through trauma betrayal trauma you're going to be experiencing PTSD. Right. Yeah. I,
0: I have read that um, yeah. yeah, in the US, like the majority of people who have PTSD
1: are yeah, they're not soldiers and veterans. Wow. They're women. Right. Um Jeez. and if, I mean if you get robbed on the street wow. or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of city kids wow. have PTSD from mm-hmm. like experiences with gun violence, yes. seeing abuse in their house or like mm-hmm. it's it's like it's so common, so why is it so like stigmatized? Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's really it's really interesting yeah
0: Yeah. um Um, you made a comment earlier when you were speaking about um how dv like comes in different forms and i was wondering if we could like talk about that a little bit because i feel like there's like a lot of misconceptions around right right? Mm -hmm. or just like i don't know maybe like if you think of any other like misconceptions or what were you yeah i was gonna say i was thinking Mm -hmm. about this in the past year with um fk twigs that she's like a singer artist Mm -hmm. and she came forward with her story about shia labeouf who's like super famous Mm -hmm. actor we all grew up with Mm -hmm. on disney channel Mm -hmm. right um and um, yeah, I think she was, she was kind of making this point, like, it's not just, like, what we think of as, mm-hmm. like, black and white domestic violence. Mm-hmm. There was so much, like, manipulation that went into the things that she was experiencing.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, it was really great to hear her, like, her story. do yeah. those interviews. So is that something?
2: Mm-hmm. Be? Well, the different types of violence I and mean, abuse that you were talking about earlier, I mean, we can go on, is financial, emotional, physical, verbal, sexual, um, there there's, there's so many out. types, and then
1: um, yeah, it's just like if you go through mm-hmm. them, most people feel like they've experienced at least one. And mm-hmm. if you haven't, I mean, amazing, Great. thank God. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, but it's like there's, it's just so common, you know. Um, so, but when people hear domestic violence, they feel like it's a man hitting a woman, right. right? And that's what it is. Oh well, I didn't get hit, so I didn't get abused, right? It's not how it works, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. If the person people is,
0: like really like think that
1: yeah think really and, and they stayed with it all the that time and i'm like <sighs> they don't have to hit you though and like if you're hearing constant belittlement and constant just that kind of stuff threats, about what that does to you you know people calling out your name all the time exactly they think that's mm-hmm. normal like
0: breaking a thing. don't call Property me out my damage. name like threatening me manipulation yeah
1: like where's the respect you know uh, financial abuse like we've spoken about that that's super common and people don't talk about that hardly mm-hmm. um, if your boyfriend or girlfriend goes to your job and makes mm-hmm. you lose your job with their mm-hmm. with their drama right that's what people consider oh it's such a relationship drama mm-hmm. you no know, they know what they're doing when they go to your job yeah. that's your form of independence right mm-hmm. you get a paycheck and you need to pay your bills and you- if you don't have that anymore, that's financial abuse. Mm-hmm. When somebody goes and literally makes it stop for you, mm-hmm. if somebody takes your intentionally money intentionally, though intentionally, mm-hmm. right? If somebody uh, is is not letting you control your money, mm-hmm. right? you need to go get groceries and they're like on top of you about what you can spend and what you can and mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff and so many things get looked at as like just relationship drama yeah, or mm-hmm. he's just paranoid and it's like it's abuse yeah you know it's all
2: about control control is the, the control the underlying uh, um issue here they want to control their lives have been out of control so they got you they got right. one <laughs> right
0: so yeah yeah i was having this conversation like that with a male friend too. Yeah. He's like, why do men do this? Especially if the man is like someone who's like attractive and or like has his life together. Like he doesn't need to do all these mm. things. He can just date women he wants to and, mm. and constantly try and explain that, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about like not having these positive attributes. Right. It's about trying to enforce control and mm-hmm. power over other people. Mm-hmm. Um, i'm wondering if there's other like common misconceptions you guys come across Mm. a lot well i saw something very thin Mm -hmm. um like in your clothing collection right Mm -hmm. um it was it was referencing like the honeymoon phase right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like
1: so that yeah the point of that was that um the honeymoon phase isn't like a phase like and even in dv right now they're kind of getting rid of calling it that thank you Um, yeah because can we talk about it first of all in a dv cycle like in a dv cycle when they say the honeymoon phase they mean when the person is being nice to you Mm -hmm. and um and when it goes around exceptionally nice after the blow-up and when it goes back around Mm -hmm. it's not that they're being nice to you they just want that back they want to manipulate you back into like being okay and getting over what they just did to
2: you it's regulation um, you're trying not to regulate
1: you know um but what i was trying to say was that in a in a functioning healthy relationship like that's every day that's often mm-hmm. um where you guys are respecting each other and enjoying each other's company right. that's not a phase that's that's what, it that's what is, it's what's expected right mm-hmm. um so that's where that came from where like you know it's it's not that's not a thing Mm -hmm. the honeymoon phase now people are going to disagree with me Mm -hmm. that's fine you know um i feel like we've all experienced what's called a honeymoon phase Mm -hmm. but um i think just the just the phrase itself is just kind of dumb to mm-hmm. me yeah um i see that <clears throat> yeah so that's where that came from where it's like if you are in a healthy relationship and you really like your person and respect your person that's it what it's gonna that. be mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. um or your friends even right yeah mm-hmm. um but in a cycle mm-hmm. that's not the honeymoon phase that's right. where they're manipulating you back mm-hmm. into trying to forgive them like love
2: bombing right or things like that right Ugh.
1: that's another one that gets really
2: as i looked at her like oh Yeah, I think that, do you guys think, I mean, I want to get your opinions. Yes. I mean, do you guys really feel that there needs to be some reconstruction with the wheel of violence in a sense of reframing it a little bit? Mm. Because like you said, the words love bombing Mm -hmm. and you said the honeymoon phase. Some of these words need to be readjusted or taken out or dissected a little bit more because I don't know. I'm starting to feel like these things don't, not that it doesn't apply, but we need to do a little bit more research and making sure that it's applying to the stats of today, the numbers of today, the women today. Mm-hmm. Because like you stated, like what other myths are there? Like some of the myths are like, you know, you no. Know, um, one of my mentors always said, DV is no respecter of person. And what she means by that, this is Melinda. And what <laughs> she means by, I smile when I say her name, this is one of my mentors. So what she says, what she means by that, when she says that, it means that um, it doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, pretty or ugly. Um, a lot of misconceptions makes me like like not a misconception because there's facts marginalized people do experience TV a higher value I mean higher volume because of the poverty risk factors and the risk factors mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, they can't tell anyone what's happening or whatever it is or so he's a breadwinner mm-hmm. not gonna mess up your household right mm-hmm. but it, I really want to highlight the pretty girl privilege because a lot of people think that oh pretty girls don't get hit only the ones who you know don't get mm-hmm. someone just picked out of the bunch no everybody. It's this, this is this is an open field open everyone can get controlled everyone mm-hmm. has the ability to be controlled and abused and manipulated And
0: sure. um, yeah and we're talking a lot about women and we're women and yeah. that's our experiences okay but um yeah of course these this applies to
1: everyone right and, and that's, that's why i hid for so long
2: we hide i hid for so long because i don't want nobody to think that like i was saying like no, oh, i got my life together i don't want to think this is happening to me um i just kept it a secret for so long you mm-hmm. know and or people, like, just
1: assume that, I don't know, yeah, people just assume that if you look a certain way that, like... you can't be you're you. More, you're more open to, like, going out and partying mm-hmm. or going out and, and it's, like, I still deal with, like, the uncomfortableness of, you like... You do. Just being, like, exposed. <laughs> she does. You know? um, yeah. And people don't don't realize that at first, and then I, and then I end up being, like, super awkward because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm still I'm still working on, like, you being yeah. mean? okay with, like, being exposed and being, like, just in front of people. So it's oh, like definitely mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, like I mm-hmm. went through a I went through a, a period of time where I I we kinda talked about this where mm-hmm. I had a thing with like locking my doors like after mm-hmm. I left the abuser. So like I was constantly checking the doors and, and I'm terrified of, stuff, of home invasion. Yeah, i like, like home
0: invasion like nightmares the whole time. It's so scary. Yeah, it's like oh, um wow.
1: you deal with certain things that just never really kind of just go away. You mm-hmm. know, you might get better at it, but it's like um Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions with, like, how people look and what they're dealing with. And that, to me, is, like, just stop that already. Like, yeah. We all go through it. We all go through something, you know?
0: Yeah. Before we turn the mics on, Mm -hmm. we were chatting for a second. You guys also (laughs) talked about, um, like, how modern um, DV kind of looks different than Like, with the role of technology and social media, what kind of things are you... Like picking up on that you think the field needs to adjust to for it's
1: me, another world like <laughs> for me what i see is a lot of like revenge porn oh, things yeah. like Ooh, that yes. um you know a woman who was comfortable with her boyfriend who was sending him pictures or whatever mm-hmm. and then you know he gets upset or she will not answer his phone calls he's stalking her and they run straight to the internet
2: mm-hmm.
1: that wasn't happening when we didn't have the internet you know so it's like a whole new world um And a lot of people
0: don't realize that that's like very legal at least in illinois yeah revenge porn yeah Uh like not in every state but there's like a number of states like illinois california off the top of my head Mm -hmm. um where yeah if someone does that it's like
1: yeah it's a crime yeah and and that's what that's what gets me too it's like um i feel like there's a lot of not wanting to press charges and not wanting to you know and um i was there i remember being that person but mm-hmm. then i did because i was just like when is enough enough, enough? Is enough? oh my god you know like when is it like when is it enough um and Kind of holding myself accountable and realizing that in doing that you're holding them accountable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they've never seen that you know and i think it's just something something different with like these new age guys i'm sorry like mm-hmm. oh. i'm really not trying to be that person but it's a
2: different so ball game here it's, like, it's a different these denials so
1: different like they, i can't even explain it well there's like, like a lot
0: of ways that people have like information yes. and access to you
2: they, right? you have you are right. accessible like there's no if someone really wants I, it's, this is unfortunate, I'm okay? Unfortunate. You know, women are, we need to protect women, okay? Mm-hmm. If you are in a relationship, in a situation with a guy that just feels, just really wants to control you and really wants to do harm and whatnot, it can happen. It can happen and we're vulnerable. We're mm-hmm. so much more vulnerable because of internet, because of the access they have to social media, because of the revenge and how they can take, it. I mean, we are at, If if we are not guarding our young girls, and, ref- and kind of like reframing and reconditioning them to understand that their value and their worth they don't have to go through this I, I i can't imagine what that world would look like with a woman under me undergoing dv in today's day right mm-hmm. i think once again i'm circling right back to you guys to the fact that you guys are doing this work and making sure that this is a prevalent conversation it needs to happen more in you so spaces important. of young women so important young women not the nonprofits that started back in 19 19- <laughs> Sarah <laughs> I'm
1: gonna be nice, you guys be did the work. Sarah. You guys
2: do the work, but um <laughs> they
1: paved the way. They paved they the paved way, paved very the good. Way. Yeah. Like that,
2: like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's super important.
1: Yeah, it's just you know, young young people are on their phones all the time and on the yeah. internet all the time and it's like it's being used in those ways. It's being used for abuse. It's a weapon um, it's you a know, weapon. people talk about kids in school who deal with all the bullying and it's worse because of well think about grown people who are abusers. Like, they're not school bullies. They're way worse. Mm-hmm. And they're using those means to get to you. And it's mm-hmm. a lot easier than driving up to your house and busting up your windows. Mm-hmm. Right? You can just spread a message about me in, in 10 minutes and it'll get everywhere. You know? Oh, so relatable. Relatable. Right, you know? Oh, really? So it's like um, like sitting in somebody's Uber. That's not, that's not okay. Oh, like, who just pulls because... up and does stuff like that. So it's like, um, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, I feel like it can... It can get lost with like people who are of an older generation Mm -hmm. where they're not really understanding that part
2: of it um do you think it's harder nowadays i mean it's a lot more like the dv aspect of it the the dv i don't like to use this term you have dv culture Mm -hmm. because i don't want to emphasize or give any type of leverage to dv but Mm -hmm. like do you think that the dv um issue in itself you think it's become a lot more difficult to get out of or to process
0: mm-hmm. I wonder if um, what you guys it's just people are more aware of it now okay, I good. guess I um, think so too like okay. we see it on the internet too yeah, like, yeah, when yeah with the case come forward mm-hmm. yeah with their experience now what I will like what mm-hmm. I will
1: emphasize though is that like what is you know, spot on about mm-hmm. what they've been saying for years is that it is kind of like addiction and relapse where like mm. it, it'll probably take a good five, six, seven times, seven yeah. times you seven. Realize <laughs> that you don't want to do it anymore. Um and I don't think people people think that like when women leave it's like a one and done, mm-hmm. and a lot of other shit be going on behind the scenes where they just oh, not yeah. telling you. you know yeah, what I mean? and, and then there's difficult.
0: people like, well, why didn't they just leave? Exactly, like, mm-hmm.
1: and it's like once that's in your head, and once you know you start to feel bad for this person and the manipulation, and mm-hmm. and then you think about their good moments, right? And when those good moments are heightened to a level that you're not used to, that nobody else has been nice to. To you in that way it's <laughs> yeah. super hard to let go of that person right because mm-hmm. their good moments were like really good moments mm-hmm. and it's like I don't, i'm not used to that like that's what i want that's the good but they're not that person all the time exactly. you know yeah. and well, they like, you don't like,
0: deserve the the bad, the parts, bad parts regardless right. of how good the good they parts are. are yeah or like yeah when you like yeah maybe have grown up in like places where you've like experienced dv or things like mm-hmm. that too when and then it. and then you um it's like normalized mm-hmm. yeah. and then like it's like you almost like your expectations are like so much low like that you're just like oh well this is maybe this, that's just right. how everyone are that that's how right. i'm right. right i've seen mm-hmm. worse or something yeah or like that's wow. just uh, yeah or like okay. just not not even realizing that like better like exists or exactly. something
1: and it's you know i like i come from a family where like my grandmother dealt with it until her husband died you know <laughs> and um, like abuse like you know thanksgiving
2: i'm gonna throw everything on the table making
1: her like throw the turkey on the floor and hitting her upside the head with a phone and Mm -hmm. you know the phone that with the cord comes off the wall Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just being like seeing that and just being like okay like he's upset and (laughs) right Mm -hmm. well i think and you
0: mentioned generational trauma Mm -hmm. and and, like yeah that was something like i had like a counselor like bring up to me too and it's like yeah it's (laughs) like not surprising when you like yeah you like this is like running through generations of your Mm -hmm. family and then like because it's almost like oh why am i keep finding myself in this situation right like am i attracting these people or something and it's like
1: it's what you're used to as in a cycle, <laughs> you're, you're used to seeing and you don't realize it though because every day you're just living your life, right? You're just mm-hmm. going through experiences, but what you soaked in as a child and what hmm. you were used to in your house, like mm-hmm. it, it comes through in your, in your life and when the, you get yeah, older. The, the
0: decisions and the relationships that you make and things like that. Right. Yeah. So, I think. Oh, go God. ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm. I was kind of like gonna pivot a little bit, but yeah. like we do have to. I'm like I don't know when we started, but we should probably yeah. wrap up soon. Um, but you guys uh, probably have a busy day. Thank you. Oh, um, so <laughs> there's also like the layer right that like the criminal justice system and like system of policing we have like does not put it very lightly do a good job of responding to uh, no hell no they don't or holding perpetrators (laughs) of harm accountable Mm -hmm. um so then that also (laughs) makes it harder right to Mm -hmm. like know where to go and um Mm -hmm. critical resources or steps a survivor or a friend who's trying to help a survivor um like begin to start a healing journey Mm -hmm. or um an accountability journey like what are some things that come to mind
2: she said something what did she just say melanie she said accountability, accountability yeah. journey we're
1: always yeah we're always like um on edge saying that word mm. because uh yeah we we talk about mm. how like that can sound like an attack to a survivor sometimes when you but say it needs to be said but mm. you you we're are like, responsible for your next steps that's right, right. And i like,
0: meant um <laughs> meant,
2: uh, <laughs> no, fine stay no, there, I, stay I there. Meant,
0: like a journey of
1: like trying to hold someone else accountable right. but we were thinking but right, we were yeah. like
2: no see how she said and it you just like mm-hmm. lay down if you just mm-hmm. lay down
1: and take it you'll never hold that person accountable right
2: so we know. so it's
1: like you are accountable you for are your accountable next steps, and there's nothing wrong with that Mm-mm. and you're gonna feel amazing when you actually do it you know it's gonna be empowering i, I promise you like it's it's hard mm-hmm. and the process is hard like i had to do the whole courtroom stuff and you know order of protection and him showing up with his mother and i'm like this is crazy as hell like mm-hmm. but when somebody tells you that they're they uh, they're on your side Mm -hmm. and you did the right thing and it's like you know what i did and like you cannot mess with me in that way ever again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: you've been strength empowered
1: like and i did that like i went to court you know and no it's not fun but like your next steps have to be your your best steps Mm -hmm. like what am i gonna do to to not Deal with this anymore. Mm-hmm. And of course, that can suck because, mm-hmm. like you said, the justice system is, the, it can do more harm than justice good. Justice system. Oh, like, quote yeah, that. Okay. It can, what, do, what, it can do more harm than good. And then mm-hmm. you're re traumatizing a victim of mm-hmm. abuse, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like calling the police and having them tell, like they told me, like, you know, oh, well, uh, let him just, you know, breathe it off. And if you want to stay at your mom's, you can stay. And I'm like, and I'm looking around because the whole house was like tore up. And I'm thinking, where do I start? So you saw this and thought that was like good advice, mm-hmm. you know, um, really strange to me. Mm-hmm. So that's why in the work I do, I can't blame women when they tell me like, I'm not calling the police. Like, I'm, I, I can't do that. What am I supposed to say? Like, no, you have to do that. Like. Mm-hmm. I I understand it, Mm -hmm. you know. So um, what I do encourage is that they realize that there are resources, though. And you reached out to me for a reason because you know there's a resource. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to help you any way I can, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it's just like uh, it's sad that there really is no trust there. Mm -hmm. You know, the trust isn't there.
2: Yeah. Um, But to Alexa's point, when it comes to where do a woman start mm -hmm. when she's when she's experienced domestic violence or interpersonal partner violence, however that looks like, where does she start? The first thing a woman needs to do, I always say this, you have to tell someone. Someone Mm you got to release that, download, unpack, someone has to know. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason why I emphasize that much because I didn't do that Mm -hmm. at all. I didn't even tell any, most of Yosuwe members when I first started Yosuwe didn't even know I was experiencing that until Yosuwe started. Mm-hmm. That's six years later down the line mm-hmm. that friends of mine knew what, was what I was experiencing. And no one has to travel and journey to carry that pain or that trauma for so long. I'm mean, expecting to get help. You're not going to get help. You're not going to get that kind of reach that you need or that connection or that impact you need to get yourself out of the situation. If there's emotional, physical, whatever that looks like, if someone doesn't know. Mm-hmm. so yep. you have to muster up that courage be i call it courageous vulnerability and when you talk more about that Absolutely. it takes vulnerability to come out and share your story so someone can direct you guide you point you to the right place to get some help
0: so we
2: had some technical difficulties
0: while recording this it was our first time recording at home um so the end we have to cut it here but we will be sure to include sarah and melanie's handles in the description and include more resources about how you can support all of their work thank you so much for listening i can hear the sirens yeah, telling me don't try it, yeah. you only call it-